Hello everyone, welcome to Wine, Women, and Words. I am Michelle and with me of course is Diana. And this evening we have Stacy from, now she, um, well, mind, blank, gone. Coffee and wine, it needs to be a thing. <laughs> um, we have fellow bookstagrammer, that's what I wanted to say, um, Stacy of Prose and Palette joining us this evening. Welcome. And Thank you. You also have a book blog as well, right? I do. I do. It's it's the same name. It's Prose and Palette. Okay. I was distracted by the blank space here, and it, yeah. it threw my my entire train of thought off. <sighs> anyway. So, what's everybody drinking tonight? Since we need to get started on that, because we need we need our alcohol. I went back to Dark Horse just because it's been a while since I've had that and, and I love it. That's like I am drinking a Pinot Noir and it's La Crema. It's my favorite. Oh my gosh, show put, pick up that wine glass because that's adorable. Right, it's a, it's a bunny. bunny. How cute. Absolutely love it. It's a bunny. Did your wine come today, Diana? Mm. No, it did not, and I'm very upset by this because uh, I got I um I decided to take advantage of our 10% uh, off um, for the California Wine Club, and it was supposed to come today. I thought it was going to come tomorrow. Then I got a notice that was supposed that was going to come today. And I was all excited about it, and I kept texting my husband every half hour, going, "Did it come yet? Did it come yet?" <laughs> and when he left for work, it's like he was like, "Your wine hasn't come yet. I'm really sorry because you have to have an adult." present to sign for it and um so i went and looked up on the website and they said they attempted to to deliver it but there was a road closed oh no I'm, I'm in california and unless there's a major fire going on around me there's no road closures so i like <laughs> i even called them up and i'm like what road is closed I don't know. <laughs> tell me what stopped you from bringing my wine <laughs> do i need to drive over there and get it myself because i will so, you know, this isn't an issue, but it's going to come tomorrow morning and wake my husband up. So he's going to love that. So I can't wait. I'll have to do maybe a, a Facebook live when I open the box and see what I get. Yes. I you have to do it. like those, those videos that everyone does of opening the packages of books. You have to open a package of wine. Yes. 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 I'm going to do that because um, they tell you which wineries they use, but they don't tell you what wines you get. Oh. But you get to say, if you don't like a particular wine, uh, you can put in, please don't send me any of this type of wine. And oh. they don't, they'll do that. And you can choose if you want a red or a white and a white or just whites or just reds. So it's really custom made. Is there cheese in this box too? No, it's just wine. That would be just wonderful wine. though. A wine and cheese box. Oh, yeah. It would be wonderful, but um, I'm taking pride in the fact that this is a small, a small business that's doing this, oh. and they support other small businesses, other small wineries here on the West Coast. Oh, that's awesome! Yes, so it's California Wine dot Wine Club, yeah, cawineclub.com to go to, okay. and then our promo code is www.podcast, and you get ten percent off. Ah, well, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. And but the one I ended up going with today was uh, Chateau Liesot. Did I say that right, Michelle? Uh, let me see. I'm trying to learn French. It's 
spelled L and then a little apostrophe O I S E A U. Uh, Chateau Loiseau. Loiseau. Okay, I was close. Man, they're going to hate me when I go to France because my pronunciation is going to be horrible. You try and you get points for trying. <laughs> yes. That's what I told myself. And anyways, this is a Bordeaux, which is actually kind of, it's got a nice little kick to it. And I'm really enjoying it. Well, tonight is the first night in like, I want to say almost two weeks that I got the kids to bed at eight, back on the routine, and they've just been driving me crazy. So I was so excited to come downstairs. I was like, oh, what can I do? I can watch whatever I want. <laughs> I tried. Uh, I, uh, Stacey, do you watch Game of Thrones? I don't. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm like the only person on the planet who doesn't watch it. I think. <laughs> no, no, you found you found your like person here, and, and Michelle, did you try again to watch it? Okay, we have the first season. I have tried to watch the first season probably maybe five or six times, mm -hmm. and just because everyone is talking about it, since I know yes. the last season just started, I was like, all right, I'm going to try this again because I keep falling asleep during it, and I know somewhere out there someone is cursing me for saying that. But <laughs> it, it really isn't a reflection on the show. It's a reflection on me being horizontal on the couch. Right. <laughs> but I'm trying again. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe I just need to skip the first season. I don't know. I but, think that of the four seasons that I watched before I said I had enough, um, I was it three seasons, I don't remember, but I think the first season I liked the best out of all of them. But you remember, I think you might have remember when I read the book, Michelle, because we were in the office together and I threw it because uh, I was so mm -hmm. angry with it. I nearly got so a reading on the job. So <laughs> well, we'll see what happens, but I got excited and then I just finished. Into the Water by Paula Hawkins, which is... How the, did you like it? Oh, my gosh. Are you reading it? Have you read it? I haven't read it. I've, I've been cautious about it because I've read very mixed reviews. I've, a lot of the um, book accounts that I follow have not cared for it, so which surprised me. Um, so I have not... I've kind of put that one to the bottom of my pile. It's really... I really liked it. Um, it's not so much, it's not there a lot of characters. It's very character. Okay. There's a ton of characters. There's mm -hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six. There's like eight, six to eight points of view that you're reading about. Oh, wow. So, there's and I, points of view to that's, about. yeah, it, it's a lot. And and some of the time you're just kind of reading going, okay, I just need to know what happened. Like, right. A lot's going on, but once you get to the end and you can kind of feel like the tension start building and you, you know that you're getting to the end of it. I really liked the ending. I didn't really see it coming. It's not a thriller in, at least not, it didn't seem to me to be a thriller. Like, Oh my God, what's going to happen next? It was right. more like a murder mystery. Right. But I liked I think, it. I thought it was good. I think that's so unfortunate too for a lot of these books. They're marketed as thrillers. And so you're, you go in expecting something and then you get into it and it may be more just like suspense or 
you know, like a slow burn mystery. It's not so much of a thriller. And that's always a letdown to me if I'm going in expecting, you know, something really tense. Um, I wish they would, I wish they wouldn't market them that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there seems to be this general just catch-all where, okay, yes. it's not romance, it's, it's not historical fiction, it's going to be a thriller. It's a thriller, exactly, exactly. I think the the last thriller, like thriller that I read where I was like, oh my God, oh my God, was um, Reconstructing Amelia. Oh, that, that was excellent. That book, I mm-hmm. was like, I could not put down that book. It was excellent. That was a really good book. And that was definitely a thriller. I would definitely classify that as a thriller. But um, Into the Water, I, I would say, is more of a mystery. But I don't know. Maybe mysteries, when people hear mysteries, they think, like, Agatha Christie or... Like, right. You know, I, which, I mean, they're, I've read those books. They're very good. Yes, they are. I need to read some Agatha Christie. I haven't read them yet. I'm very curious about them, but I need to read them. But now you all see why we had Stacey on the show with us, because we uh, we have the same taste in books as she does. And some of these I didn't even, <laughs> we didn't even know she had the same taste in. <laughs> yeah, that was not planned. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yes, so have you, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to no, say, some um, things about the um, Instagram community, because especially when it comes to the bookstagramming portion of it, uh, there's like such a small community of like people within the social media group that, you know, you just end up connecting because of books. Mm-hmm. And- I've met some wonderful people on there. Um, in fact, one of my favorite accounts, it's uh, Courtney's bookshelf. And then mm-hmm. um, Kate Olson with the, lo- uh, the loud library is her account. And, um, it's just really neat to meet people that share your same interests and get as excited. Cause like I'll be talking to my friends about books and I'm like excited and me to do this. And they're just kind of looking at me like I've lost my mind. <laughs> so it's nice to get on Instagram and see this excitement and um, you know, everybody just shares it with you and to find people that have the same taste as you. Um, I've really enjoyed it. It, it was a it was a huge surprise to me. I did not know that the community was as big as it is and as passionate as it is about books. Yeah, yeah and there are some serious photography game when it comes to books. Oh, <laughs> some of them. I'm like, you know, they have to like live in the restoration hardware store. I don't like some of these places. I see these pictures and they're gorgeous. They're so gorgeous, but like where do you get all these things? I, it, it just blows my mind. Like I'm, I'm proud if I have like a coffee cup and some flowers and then you get those accounts that are just like, I mean, they're stunning. They look like magazines. It's just mm-hmm. and with like the string of lights and the old typewriter. Yes. And yes, I love the string of lights. I'm like, how do you, I wouldn't even begin to know. I would probably I have the patience to even get those lights out. Cause then you have to get them out and plug them in and then unplug them. It's too much work for me. I have a little, you have to have a little box. Untangle it. Yes. I'm like, yeah, I got OxyClean and and diapers. I can, I can make that work. (laughs) (laughs) Put the dogs in there, you know? Yeah. I stick to like coffee and flowers and, um, 
I'll do, uh, we have a lot of really just neat buildings in the area. So I like to go around there and photograph there, but that's really it as far as my, uh, my backdrops and my pictures. Yeah, I see I use my pool, I use the yeah. um, wine corks. Yes, yeah. Little odds and ends that I find, tea, teacups, wine. Mm -hmm. I know I wander through the house going, all right, what can I use that I haven't used a million times over again? Well, now, like, when I go to my friend's house, I bring bags of books, and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, ah, this looks really good, so I'm just going to sit right here real quick. And they're just like, okay. I mean, they just think I've lost my mind. That's but you awesome. never know. I always travel with a bag of books in my car because you never know. You might see something exactly. and you're like, this is perfect. I have to stop. There's always a, uh, there's always a book in my purse, at least once. Yes. yes. And... Yeah, I had a friend who laughed at me. She's like, is this why you have more than one book in your purse at all times? I'm like, well, one is for reading, and the other one's really just a journal, and then the other one's for if I have to jot down any ideas. Right. Yeah. Readers have, like, very specific tools. Yes. <laughs> Readers yes. and writers. It's like, well, this is my current read. This is mm -hmm. the book that I want to read. If I happen to finish the one that I'm reading right now, Mm -hmm. And this is the backup if I don't like the new book that I brought with me. I need something else. Right. And I have my Kindle attached to my phone in case of emergency. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You might be stuck at the doctor's office. You forgot mm -hmm. your book. You've got a book there on your Kindle. That's right. I've got to always have the Kindle backups. Got to be prepared. Yes. Long lines at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> long lines at the grocery store for me is like... Okay, no tantrums. Stop grabbing the candy bars off the shelves. Yeah. Don't go to magazines. <laughs> that doesn't belong to you. <laughs> yeah, I actually have the ability to be lazy and read or text while I'm in line at the grocery store. And then usually in the middle of the text, I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot this, and I have to go take off and get something else. Mm. I remember I wandering through Target just because I could. It was good times. <gasps> That's the best. That's, <laughs> that is the when you can go to Target by yourself. There's nothing like it. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go down the hardware aisle just because I can. I don't even need anything from there. <laughs> yeah. I got so annoyed. My husband wanted to go grocery shopping with me last week because we had the parties. Like, I want to make sure we get everything that we need. And I'm like, I have a system. I I don't don't need you shadowing me. Mm. I'm so annoyed at first. I was like, but. Well, I don't go with anybody. This is my mm. own time. It's true. Mm -hmm. So this week, I know we, well, we're still working on Girl in Disguise, which Stacy started reading when we um, kind of, I don't know how it happened that we, did, did, did we start following you? I don't know how we met, but we met. And we decided right. that we had to have you on our show. Yes, yes, I think I, I reached out to her actually before we get into the book because I can we can talk about the reason why I reached out to her and why I wanted her to uh, come on the show is because one of the things that she put on her um, profile on Instagram was that she's a child literacy advocate, <laughs> and I wanted I was like okay we need more information about this. And I know <laughs> we've got other listeners who are moms out there who you know would you know like to hear more about this and could, you know, learn from this and child literacy is so important. And 
It is. And where I, I live in Louisiana and we have an extremely low uh, literacy rate. In fact, I just like did a, some quick research before I got on because I wanted to be accurate. But um, we 77 percent of the fourth graders in the state scored below proficient in reading. Wow. 27%, like that's insane. Um, so it's just, it's a huge issue here in our schools. And um, it's an issue for me personally. My son um, just turned eight and, you know, as they come up through pre-K and kindergarten, you um, notice things um, when they're learning their letters, when they're learning to write. And um, he, he would write complete sentences backwards. Um, and he would flip his letters a lot. And um, he just really struggled with things that uh, his classmates seemed to pick up quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but when they're young, when they're four and five and six, you can't, you can't really get a definitive diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So we had everything from some teachers would say, well, we think he may be dyslexic. And then I had one teacher, y'all, it, it crushed me. I mean, as a parent, um, at a parent-teacher conference, she just told me that he wasn't intrinsically motivated. And I'm Why like, do you not like jump across the deck? Well, <laughs> it just, you know, I was just like, well, I'm, you know, 40 and I'm not always intrinsically motivated. Mm -hmm. He's six, so that's okay. But, um, <laughs> You know, I just, I don't know, but it just, so it's such a vast, you know, spectrum. And then when he finally, this year, we were able to test him. And when we tested him, it turned out he's actually, it's like mild, moderate, severe, and he's severely dyslexic. So at that point, you know, we were like, okay, well, at least we know. And now mm -hmm. we can develop a plan and move forward and, um, we were fortunate enough and they do that. We, well, he's in a private school here um, in public school. They screen for that. Um, and we're fortunate enough that, that we have a specialist that works with him, but it just was like, to me, for someone who loves to read, mm -hmm. it's just so hard to watch your child struggle with, mm -hmm. you know, the, the most basic of books. Um, and so it, it, was very eye-opening for me um, and I just anything that I can do to help other kids or parents who are in the same situation um, I mean I'm by no means an expert at all but just to kind of get any information out there that I can like if you see these signs maybe you should think about this um, because we you know for really three years it was a back and forth thing and when you're in school, like this is supposed to be fun. Like kindergarten is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to mm -hmm. want to go. And, um, and he wouldn't, and that was just really hard mm -hmm. for me as a mom, you know, like you want your, when you drop your kid off at school, you want to know that they're excited to be there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he wasn't. And so that was just, it's just been a really long road, but now, um, now that we have his diagnosis, we um, are working on with the Barton system, and it's actually a woman in California who developed it. And it's a um, 
she has a whole program. So if you homeschool your children, you can actually go and train and learn how to use this system if your children are dyslexic. And then the school that he's in now, that's the system they use across the board to teach children how to read. Oh, so wow. it won't be like he's, you know, singled out mm -hmm. uh, in anything because the whole school uses it to read. And so I don't know a whole lot about it because we just started tutoring with that within the last few months. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you in the last two months, he's gone from like almost a 0% reading fluency to now he can pick up a book and he can look at the sentence and read it and not hesitate. That's so it's amazing. It's amazing. It really is amazing. And so, um, I don't know, the whole thing has just been very eye opening to me. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, it's really crazy. I just pulled up, um, the website for the literary Pro literacy project foundation. Mm -hmm. And, I I don't think I I mean I don't think I really realized how big of an issue literacy mm -hmm. was, but it has some like quick statistics and it says that uh, fifty percent of adults cannot read a book written at an eighth grade level, and six out of ten households do not buy a single book in a year, which like for me what. I, I buy a book like almost every week. Maybe not really, right. but. Right. Well, even, I get so many books, not just from uh, purchasing, but like from, cause I do with the advanced arcs and, and things. Mm -hmm. uh, I get so many books and my husband's like, seriously, more books? And he's like, you get another book in the mail. Um, and he gets a little jealous of me, but he has six out of 10 households just don't even buy a single book. I'm like, but. I mean, I get if somebody's not really into reading, but I mean, come on, you gotta, doesn't, does a TV guide count as a book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's gotta be at least one book or two or, yeah, and I did a little research too before the show and dyslexia in and of itself is something, a major part of what's going on in the country too, where um, I was reading a statistic on kidshealth.org and they said it affects 15 to 20% Mm -hmm. of Americans. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. That must be so frustrating for a child who is trying so hard to figure out what they're seeing. It was, and it was, um, cause we would, he, he, you know, he would do his schoolwork and then he would come home and I would work with him at an hour minimum every night. And he's still at the end, like we would both just basically be in tears. And so finally, when um, we got the official diagnosis um, from the psychologist and I was, you know, because then you're as a parent, you're like, okay, well, how do I explain this? What do I say? Because, you you know, you, his self-esteem was already so low as it was. Um, and so, you know, I just told him, I was like, well, maybe I said it just means that your brain sees words differently on the page than mommy's brain does. And he was like, Mom, I've been telling you that. I know I'm so sorry, but like it, it just bless his heart. So it um I don't know, it it's just it 
I, I love to read and, and for him to not want to read a book, it was just very hard for me. And so now that we have the plan and we're moving forward with it and he is actually seeing that like, Oh, it's, this is fun. Like if you can do it and understand it, because for him, when he would read, he's not reading to comprehend or retain it. He's just trying to, to read the word. That's it. You know, he's, he's not even to the point of processing it um, in a comprehension type setting. He's just attempting to read the word. So by the time you get to the end of the sentence, I mean, he can't tell you what the first word in the sentence was. So that's a whole nother issue. And it started affecting his math as well, because now they're having word problems. Well, he's brilliant in math. You know, he, he's, he, he can do math. He can do math better than I can do math. But now that they've introduced these huge word problems, his math grades tanked. I don't blame him on that because word problems below. I yes, I actually had I actually had a learning disability with math where I was I don't um, I wasn't uh, dyslexic when it came to numbers, but I just um, I, it was always a struggle, mm -hmm. always an issue. To, and to the point where we had to have tutors for me just to pass my exams and we mm -hmm. had the regents program in New York. So you had a yearly exam that you had to pass in order to go on to the next grade level. And I always had to have tutors for that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just, oh, the the word problems, I think out of all of them were the absolute worst. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Besides, who really gives a crap about how, where, right. how, where a train's going to go and how does that relate to the fact that you've got three bushels of apples? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, and another thing, too, that um, I found and then I did research on that and I was like this is brilliant everybody every town should have this we have a huge 85 pound beast of a dog his name is Louie um, and he's a rescue but Ryzen um, my son will read to him uh, and, and he'll do that even if it's um, you know if it's not fluent if it's if it's if he's struggling he'll read to him and he reads to him and he's not stressed out. He's not like really anxious when when he reads with me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, this is something. This, you know. So and they have. I did some research, and they have these reading to rescue programs where where the like local shelters will bring in rescue dogs, and they'll bring them into the schools, and the kids can read to them. And um, so I'm looking into that. We don't really have anything like that in our area. Um, we do at one of our shelters on Sundays, it's kitty literature and you can go and read to the kittens. Oh, thank you. I'll do that. It's the cutest, it's the cutest thing ever. Like you go in there and you have like 20 kittens in your lap and they're just climbing all over you. And so we do that a couple of Sundays a month and he absolutely loves it. So, um, I'm trying to figure out a way to incorporate all of that and, and, you know, maybe with the schools, get something going. Um, because I think kids respond to that. Kids will respond to an, a, a dog or a cat a lot better than an adult. You know, it just, for whatever reason, it, 
with my son it just puts him at ease it's like there's no pressure um you know they're just hanging out with them so that's something I'm, I'm very interested in as well i'm trying to and get I that when you're a kid that's when you really I, I feel like that's where you find your love of reading i know that's where i found my yes. love of reading and where yes. found her love of reading so you know at least connecting it to those places where you know he can associate something good with it like the dog or the kitten right um i think that's wonderful and it's funny you mentioned reading to dogs actually brought back my earliest memory which is um i think one of the earliest signs i was going to be a writer and um such an avid reader was um when i was little um about younger than him i think five or six um mm -hmm. i was obsessed with teddy ruxpin i don't know about you guys yes <laughs> yes teddy ruxpin was the best yes and <laughs> I had a grandfather with Alzheimer's disease and he was bedridden and at the time he couldn't talk anymore. So I remember my earliest memories are of me taking my little chair, five-year-old me, and a little five-year-old chair and my Teddy Ruxpin books and I would read to him. And even before I could really comprehend the words, I tried to remember the story. Mm -hmm. And I would tell these elaborate stories to my grandfather and just sit there and read to him. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was you know, one of my fond childhood memories. So, I mean, just be, the idea of reading to somebody or something is just such a good memory that, you know, he'll have later on. Right. You know, when he's in his 30s, he'll be like, oh, I remember when I used to read to my dog. Right, right. So, these sweet memories, something good associated with reading. And are the schools um, receptive to those kind of ideas, or are they a little resistant to, like, non- no, they are, um, and I know in the public schools they have, you know, they have the, a whole setup for that and the 504 plans um, and all that. But we're just the zone. We have we're divided into school zones here, and the school that we're zoned for is just. I just don't feel comfortable sending him to that school, so um, we um, sent him to a private school, but I will say when we met with them, I was a little apprehensive because you just don't know what they're going to do because they're, they're not required, you know, but the state has to do that. They're mandated. They have to follow a 504 plan. If your child has any kind of learning disability or special needs, they have to accommodate that. Um, a private school setting is not always that way. Um, but the one that we are at, I was so impressed. We went in and we brought in the report and I was like, okay, this is what they say. And can you please tell me what, what is your plan? How do you think we should approach this? And it was the principal and the curriculum coordinator and three or four other teachers. And they brought out just stacks of papers and they were like, okay, we can do this, this, or this. If that doesn't work, then we can do this. So it was right away. They had a plan. They were very receptive, um, and I think that's important. And I think as a parent, for me, early on when he was little, you just kind of take it for if the teacher says it or the school says it, well, then that's just what it is. And um, at the school we were before, I didn't really question it because, you know, it's kind of like with a doctor. You know, like you go to the doctor, they tell you something, and so you do it because they're a doctor. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned over the course of this is that um, nobody is going to advocate for your child like you would though, period. Um, and so it, that questioning it um, and, and asking, you know, 
what can you do? Are there other avenues that we can look at? And if if the school that you are in does not accommodate that, there you can find a school somewhere that will. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was an eye opener for me as well because I'm not one to really uh, question, you know, the teachers or the staff or anything. But once I saw, you know, what we were seeing, we knew something was wrong, and that this wasn't normal. Um, so it's, it helped us a lot to be in the environment we are in now because they're completely accommodating and they have a plan and, um, we are going to meet, I think like every six weeks to just kind of reassess, make sure everything's good and everything's working. So I'm, I'm really pleased. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, even when it comes to your health and when it comes to like your child and what's going on with your kid, you really do need to be um, your own advocate. I know with yes. health stuff, um, you know, I've, I've argued with doctors and I purposely put on the, the, uh, the waterworks show just to try <laughs> to get my way with doctors because you know when something's wrong and right. you need a pat on the head and be told, oh, don't worry, it'll take care of itself. And so um, being your own advocate, because it's that squeaky wheel that gets the oil. Uh, right. Well, and it's a fine line, too, because you also don't want to be labeled as like that parent, you know, like, oh, here comes that mom because she thinks. And I know like at the school that one of his early schools, I was totally labeled like that. And mm-hmm. and frankly, I really don't care because like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's my kid and I want what's best for him. And if that's a problem, then, you know, too bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, it is a fine line, but, um, I'm, I'm certainly much more vocal now. And, um, and I think it's important. I think everybody should be, um, because there are so many resources available. And that's the other thing. Like, I didn't know, I mean, going into this, I didn't know, I, I, I didn't know what we needed or what we should do. And so it's, mm-hmm. It's really just kind of a you're researching everything and you're asking people that you trust and um, you know you're kind of just going in blind and, and figuring what works for you. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the um, reasons why I know at first you're like, well, I'm not an expert. I don't know if I should. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> but that's one of the things. It's like even though you're not an expert, it's it's a way of forming a community because I mean, right? Who knows who's listening, who's watching, who's just starting to maybe see those things, see those symptoms and, you know, or who doesn't have anybody around for support to, hey, let's come together and, you know, you can find somebody so that they know you're just not alone. And it's an issue that I think also we should also talk about, you know, literacy in America, because we have this concept where it's like, okay, we're America, we're one of the best countries out there, we've got all this wealth, all this education, but yet, in some states like Louisiana, 77% of fourth graders can't even read. Yeah. Uh, that's unacceptable in this country. Right. Uh, we have no excuse. And so it's something that needs to be talked about more. So mm-hmm. I think there's a, a whole stigma surrounding books with kids these days that reading is boring, mm-hmm. which is so far from the truth. But, you know, kids, it, it's up to us to like in to bring up the next generation of readers to realize that reading is awesome. Right. And, and you know, they have their iPads and they have 
cell phones and text messaging and Facebook. And, you know, it's up to us to bring books into that mix. You know, mm -hmm. my, my husband is not really a reader at all. I mean, he, he read an entire series. I forget which series it was when he was on deployment. And it was like a series that I picked out for him. And I was like, I think you might like this. Like, give it a give it a mm -hmm. shot. I know you you're not a big reader, but try this. Mm -hmm. And then he would email me like, I'm halfway through the second book. You need to send me the third and the fourth one right away. <laughs> <laughs> but like on a regular basis, he he doesn't really read, and you know he'll he'll read to our kids at night. But I'm the right. one who's like, all right, let's you know let's go to the library. Let's pick out new books. Let's do story time, mm -hmm. and. I, I think I think a little teeny tiny part of me would be heartbroken if if my kids grew up not like not loving books the way I did. Maybe a bigger teeny tiny part of me. <laughs> but I'm working very hard to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, and that's what I I told him. I was like, there's just so much. Like he loves Star Wars and ninjas and you know all that kind of stuff. So many Star Wars books out there. Well, we went to the library. I was like, they have a whole Star Wars section. Look at this, and like he was just like, what? You know. So we go and he checks out the Yoda books and the they even do like the Lego Star Wars books. Um, so when he sees that, that's good. But see, and that too, like you go into Barnes and Noble, and you have. 30 series for little girls mm -hmm. to choose from, you know, you've got the babysitters club and you've got all these, you know, great girl series, but for the boys, I mean, they have the magic tree house, which we read and he loves and captain underpants. And that's really, you know, I mean, which I mean, captain underpants, he loves that too, but like, that's, that's really it. So, um, it's just been interesting for me to see that because it's just never crossed my mind before. Yeah, and you and usually it's reverse where there's like all this stuff for for boys, but right. then, and not so much for girls. And it's almost like it's a societal thing that we don't look at where girls are supposed to be the ones who are able to sit mm -hmm. still. They're those supposed to be the ones who like to read mm -hmm. and do this where like Legos are for boys, according to some of the stuff. Everything is, you know, boy driven in the Lego world. And you know they're the ones who get to be you know all actiony and right with that stuff um so yeah that's really interesting it, i mean it really has and so now i'm like on the lookout and so i'll talk to i have my little mommy group and i'm like have y'all found any good you know kids series other than these two mm -hmm. which is really all that i know of there is one good series i don't know it might be um yeah, for him, I don't know if he's too young for it or not. There was, um, it was a series. I'll have to find it. I'll have to send it to you. It was, um, and I'll post it on on social okay. media too. It's like, um, it's like just like me, and they take, um, like he does, but like he takes famous people, and he and he does. It's a children's book, pointing out little facts about them. Showing oh, that they're just I've like, seen that one. Yeah, there's, um. Like uh, there was a George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Uh, Jane Goodall, Amelia Earhart, and like little facts, like the uh, Amelia Earhart uh, once built a um, an obstacle course for herself in her backyard. Oh and wow! So yeah, stuff like that the kids could relate to. Um, so yeah, and there's they do he has 
he it's like he alternates um, a, a male and female person throughout history for each book that comes out so there's a set for boys and there's a set for girls and vice versa if a boy's interested in the girl one of course the girl's interested in one of the boy ones so there's something that fits for every kid mm -hmm. well that's cool i'll have to look for that yeah i'll have to that. find it yeah because i keep meaning to buy them for lily and landon and then just something comes up and i haven't gotten them <laughs> there's you know i go to we go to barnes and noble and because they have the barnes and noble that we have here has like a train table Mm -hmm. so, us too. So we have like a whole routine. We'll go to like the little play area in the mall that the kids can run around and climb on stuff and jump around. And then we go to Barnes and Noble and play in the trains. And I look at books. And, mm -hmm. But, and there's so many books. And maybe it's just me being cheap, but I feel like kids' books are so expensive. Okay, yeah. I found the series. It's called Ordinary People Change the World by Brad Meltzer. Ordinary people. Brad Meltzer? Yeah, M-E-L-T-Z-E-R. Okay. And so he's got um, like the Amelia Earhart and George Washington. And let's see if they have the page where there's more. Um, and we're and it's and they're illustrated books. Um, let's see if more of them come up. And it, yeah, there's um oh he's got Albert Einstein. Uh, okay. So a whole a whole series of them. It looks like um oh yeah Helen Keller, but yeah a whole yeah a whole series of them. Okay, yeah, thank Michelle, you. So you're welcome. But, um, but yeah, I feel like, I mean, maybe, and again, it could just be me, but I feel like kids' books are, like, ridiculously expensive sometimes. And I don't want to buy a book and get home and have my kids be like, well, this is boring, mm -hmm. and, and then just sits there. So we go to the library, and we experiment, and then if it, like, if it's a smash hit, then I'll go and buy it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like... Like what we were saying there, you know, are so many books for girls versus boys. And I feel like it's like I I have a, a, a daughter and a son. My son is almost two. So he's, he's starting to get interested in books. He'll look at the pictures and point to things now, which is really exciting. But mm -hmm. um, and my daughter is super into books. And I am on the the flip side of it where I'm trying to find like, you know, really inspiring books where it's not all about like princesses and, and I get some princess books, but you know, I want some books that are like, well, you can Absolutely. be more than pretty. You can be, right. you know, you can be whatever you want to be. And we just read, um, Ada twist, the scientist, oh, okay. which was super cute. It was, um, it's a rhyme, a uh, rhyming book, which I love mm -hmm. rhyming books. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's about this little girl who um, just wanted to ask why. Like, she just asked why and what and how and, how, you know, where things worked. And she wanted to be a scientist. And it was all about her parents accepting that that's who she was and molding their life to help her, like, to nurture that curiosity. Mm -hmm. And wow. it was really interesting because... Number one, it was a little girl wanting to be a scientist. And number two, she was an African-American little girl. 
So okay. it was different on like two fronts. And it was right. a really cute story. I really liked it. But now I'm kind of being aware of the fact that I don't want to buy all these inspiring books for my daughter and leave Landon out in the cold. Right. <laughs> so now I have to find like a balance. <laughs> but I don't know what that balance is yet. Yeah. <laughs> so now uh, speaking of kids, we're on the skies. Mm. Um, it talks about what's interesting, you know, transitioning into from the kids discussion into girl in disguise um you know we have somebody who doesn't have children mm -hmm. in the book and um i i don't think i'm giving away any spoilers because i'm pretty sure by chapter 17 she's mentioned right. once that she can't have children mm -hmm. um so let's get some of your thoughts on this whole um uh character with infertility oh, sorry 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, she seems very guarded about it, which mm -hmm. I can understand. Um, I'm hoping that maybe because I've gotten a little bit of it in the story, but not a whole whole lot as to what mm -hmm. exactly is happening. Um, but I think in said in the time period that this book is in, if she had had children, then this career would have not even been an option for her mm -hmm. at all. Um, so I, I really like how she's how she's written her and and how um, brazen her character is and and how she takes all those men head on. Um, but I don't I don't know. I really like um, one thing I've started noticing in more and more books lately is how, and maybe it was just the books that I was reading before, because Diana, I'm the thriller reader um, in this partnership. Um, that's kind of my, my genre. Suspense. And, mm -hmm. and Diana is the historical fiction person. Mm -hmm. So we rope each other in our, our genres uh, from time to time, but she's definitely brought me more into the historical fiction world. And I love reading about uh, gay characters set in these mm -hmm. different times because yeah, it wasn't you know It's not a new issue it mm -hmm. or, you know, it's not a new lifestyle. It's mm -hmm. been around forever So like when we read I shall be near to you um, Last year there was a gay soldier um, fighting uh, for the Union mm -hmm. and I forget what do you remember his name? I don't remember what his name is and then in A Girl in Disguise, it's DeForest. Yes. That, I was, that surprised me too, by the way. Did not see that coming. No, neither did I. I, was, I read that part. I was like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she shows up at this, at this body, you know, she falls into the body house, and it's like, whoa, oh, okay, this is happening. Right. And he's supposed to be the ladies' man. He's supposed to be the flirt and the the seducer of women. And and I just I I love his character. And I'm a little bummed out that or I was when I was reading um, the book. I was a little bummed out that she turned him down for Is that his. Yes, that happened. Um, okay. I would no no I was 
I was kind of surprised too, because I was like, even though obviously it's not going to be a romantic relationship intellectually, I would think they would make a good partnership. Um, I was very surprised. So I'm, I'm wondering if maybe there's not some romance coming down the line for her, maybe in the book. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't Yes. Join us next week, and then you'll find out. Yeah, I know. Books. Well, I'll promise I'll have it read um, by next week. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, Greer and I are um, – I got a whole lot of unpacking to do when Greer gets on the show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I already have a list of questions and things she and I are going to need to discuss. Um, and I'm sure you probably will be sending me questions about this, too, once you finish. <laughs> I'm sure, because I'm like, I know. I just feel like I, I have these things, and I'm like, okay, she has to address this. This has to be done. This needs to take place. So I'm, I'm assuming it's all going to be wrapped up. I think once you get to Chapter 22 or 23, the mm -hmm. book just goes like that. It just It's a fast read. Um, when you sit down and read it, I mean, granted, I'm not going to read it in a full 48 hours like Michelle did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once you hit, like, I think 24 is when it, it starts just, like that. unraveling and 26 is when I started texting Diana going, I am so pissed off at this book right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then once she got to that part, she texts me back and she goes, I so know what you mean. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It, and then, yeah. I, I, it's, it's, she's got a satisfying ending to the point, which, you know, um, like you've read, Stacey, you've read, um, Oh, the magician's lie. Yes. I loved that. I loved it. Yeah. She's got a knack for having that satisfying ending to it where mm -hmm. it's like all the, everything's all tied up in this pretty bow um, mm -hmm. and you're like okay i feel satisfied with this even though i, I want more of kate mm -hmm. and more of kate's story this this story in and of itself i i don't feel like she's left anything any loose ends okay and now that, oh i'm sorry go ahead no i just was like yay <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad because i'm like oh gosh because some of sometimes because i just finished a book and i was like I mean, it, 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 she wrapped it up to a degree, but then you're like, but wait, I know you need to tell me about this person and what happens. And, mm -hmm. and so I even, I, I, uh, messaged that author and I was like, okay, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you need to write like some sort of companion book to go with this because I still have a whole lot of questions about this character. So I'm glad that it's, um, that it gets wrapped up. Mm -hmm. Well, after, you know, I, I did research when I first started reading the book and after, you know, you, you read it and it's set in Chicago and Chicago is like right there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, you know, I talk to people here and I'm like, Oh, I'm reading Girl in the Skies and it's set in Chicago and it's all about the Pinkertons. And I get like, I get offended now if I talk to someone and they don't know who that is. <laughs> How can you not know? Like, the, it's America's first female detective. Like, this is huge. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, my so, boss is from Chicago. He knew who he knew what Pinkerton was, and I'm probably I'm gonna have to loan him the book um, once we finish with it uh, next week. It's such a good book, and it's such a an interesting story. Um, and I can't. I have to go back now and reread the last page because my. 
my mind is like totally still in into the water and that ending mm-hmm. so I have to like kind of refresh my memory and you know when you time jump like that from right. one book to another you kind of like get jet lagged a little mm-hmm. bit yes yeah yeah i was looking at what books i'm going to what book i'm going to read next i'm like i don't know because i finished uh june today oh how was that oh my god i loved it really absolutely loved it yes uh i know that like some people are uh, i don't want to put too much hype into it because i know some people are like oh with all this hype uh, it's not living up to the hype because you know when you hype something up too much you're mm-hmm. like yeah but it's it's really good and it goes yeah. back and forth uh, but it's not like every other chapter and you don't have eight different perspectives on it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like three or four chapters in present day, three or four chapters in the in the 1950s. And it's just such a, such a compelling read to where it just sucks you right in to mm-hmm. the story from the very beginning. Um, and I love it where it's, you know, the house that it's set in where or uh, Cassie, June's granddaughter is, is a character in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like with Girl in Disguise, that sucked me in. Like I, when I first read that first uh, page, I was totally picturing like, um, oh, like with Sherlock or like, was it mm-hmm. the Lock, Stock and Smoking Barrel movies where you like, yeah. have that yeah. zoom in like and all hazy. Yeah, like and they, yeah, and they zoom in and they're like, okay, this and this and this are gonna happen. Like in the uh, most recent Sherlock movies, where he's or yeah, in the movies too, Sherlock movies and in the show, where they're like, okay, this will happen and then this and then I do this and this will happen, and I could totally see that happening in the book. Um, so I hope they turn this into like a movie or like a TV series, because like this one whole book would be like two seasons of itself. Yeah. There's one series that I'm dying to see, but I don't have HBO, but it's the Big Little Lies series mm. with Nicole Kidman and uh, I forget, Reese Witherspoon. Yes, yes. Based on the book. Did you yes. read the book? Yes, I love Leanne Lord. Oh my gosh. Oh God. So good. So good. I picked that book up just on, I was shopping for a book to take on vacation with me to the Dominican Republic and I was like oh this looks good and it's um you have to read it Diana because it's really good and yes it's all about a murder mystery and it rotates between three different points of view and an interview with the sheriff or the uh, detective and he's Mm -hmm. trying to solve this murder and it's all set around like a PTA like a group of moms Mm -hmm. Mm. And, you know, as uh, my, ki- my kids are too young to go to school, but I know that those different types of moms are out there. <laughs> and I would, like, text my, my friend going, oh, my God, these moms are bitches. <laughs> like, I hate them all. <laughs> but such a good, and I'm really curious to see how they did the series. Mm-hmm. Because if they would just give Diana and me and – an unlimited amount of money, we could make some really good movies out of books. <laughs> oh, we've never casted uh, Mortensen, which he's come up in 17. Now, was Mortensen, Mortensen was just another agent, okay. So, um, Stacey, we, we have a fantasy cast going. Okay. Um, for, yeah. for everyone. Have you met Hattie yet? No. Okay. 
So she, you, you. The head doesn't pump until like 19 or 20. Okay. So we yeah. have, we have a couple options for, um, for Kate, right? Mm -hmm. Who do we have for Kate? I suggested Jennifer Lawrence. I love her. I love yeah, her. Yeah, but we needed somebody older. We were talking about Claire from Outlander. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, she'd be good. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I was picturing her as a brunette. I don't know why. Well, Claire from Outlander. The Outlander TV she... show's brunette. Okay. Um, I only I have to pull her up now. It's like her her, her, her real name is Cassandra, I believe. It, if I remember. Catriona. That's that, it. Catriona. Okay. I I'm I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. But, and then who, who is our cast now? Why am I forgetting? We had Dean Norris as Pinkerton. Mm -hmm. and, and we had um, Chris Pine. Not Pine. Not Pine. Pine. Chris Pine as Bellamy. Okay, I can see that. Yes, especially when they have that um, in the very beginning where they, they have this great chemistry, the two of them. When they're in the bar and she realizes that he's one of Pinkerton's men and she yeah. doesn't know who she is. And see, I was th I was thinking that they would hook up and then it just went a completely different direction. And I was like, what? What's happening? See, I was thinking that, that, I'm like, who is this guy with yes, his cold yes. eyes? Like, shoo, let, let her work. Oh, okay, so do you think I think I just found Mortensen. Uh, Tobias. Uh, plays Jack Randall and Frank. No. Um, no, you don't think he's <laughs> enough for that? Hold on. Hold on. Because Mortensen's, he's got to be sleazy. He's got to be evil. He's got to have that where he could pull off the gentlemanly thing, but you just can't trust him. And you know but, you can't trust him. Because you've met him by Chapter 17. Oh, absolutely. And, he's not nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. And he's worse. I, where I am right now, he's been shot. Well, that is Hattie. Isn't that Hattie? That yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Okay, yeah. He's been okay. shot because... Hattie. No, I know... Yes. I know I who Mortensen that. is. Who? Um, did you see Girl on a Train? The movie? Uh-huh. Um, the husband of the girl who was murdered. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I'd love him. Hold on. <laughs> I'm at 1% on my phone. I don't know if I'll be able to pull up this picture. But he's perfect. Yes. Yes. Um, it's not, is it Justin Theroux? Yeah, it was, it was just the husband of no, the girl Luke who got Evans. killed or the character. No, not, not the main character. Oh, the Luke Evans, who played Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Yes. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> one sexy villain. I'm sorry, but if I was Belle and I had the opportunity for uh, Luke Evans, yeah, well, I would have been. You know, some, I'm some sorry, Beast. But... <laughs> but the library. Oh, the library. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In that movie, that was my main concern. I was like, do not just. Don't cut the library and do not destroy it. Like, do they that. They did a wonderful job with that library. Hmm? They did. They did a wonderful job with that library. They did a wonderful job with that movie. That's true. I still have a problem with her skirt lengths. <laughs> Diana what? and I had this huge what? debate about her. You know how her she had her, too like. short in the movie. <laughs> I never, never, never noticed it. 
Okay, it's the historical nerd in me. During <laughs> that time. Okay, well, yeah, they do like drag in the ground. Yeah, now yeah. that's the yeah. Yeah, yeah, if a girl shows right. her ankle, she's a whore. And she's got her skirts up to her knees. My belle is not a whore. So my take on that was she had, cause she had like one, one end of her dress like tucked up so you could uh -huh. see like she was wearing like knickers or whatever. I don't know what they're modern. called. And that was my take. I'm like, well, it's showing that she's a more modern woman. Like modern she, woman. Yeah. That was my take on it. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> Diana's like, no, it was historically no. inaccurate. Yes. That is. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I get that you're doing it as a play and it's not actual history per se though there's a lot of historical influence in this but i mean come on lengthen the skirts just a little bit <laughs> that's hilarious See, I wonder... still look like a girl that's so funny i never i, I never paid attention to the skirt now, when i watched i Diana saw the movie before I did, and when I went to see the movie, I saw that, and I was like, oh, I need to talk to Diana about this, because I have this whole theory, like, she's a modern woman, and it shows mm -hmm. that she's, like, stepping into the future and breaking the mold with tradition, <laughs> and as soon as I brought it up, she's like, no, that dress is too short. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she needed a matron there with a ruler, like I used to get when I was in high school. Where the skirts could not be shorter than your fingertips against your legs. Yes. 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 And I was a tall girl, so every skirt <laughs> was too short. Yeah, with those of us with, with orangutan arms, it doesn't really work that well. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was never the stylish girl in school. Mm -hmm. No, me either. No, I did make the um, high water jeans hot before they were hot. I will give you that. I'm rocking the mom jeans now. <laughs> I like the the high rise that they have, the high rise shorts now. Not because I like wearing midriffs, but because it like holds everything in. Just a little bit. Holds, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. There's function like to them. A, it's like a pre-made Spanx in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> and you can wear like a normal shirt over it. Yeah, you can tuck everything in it, and then you just have your shirt out, and nobody knows. Nope. And yeah. you don't have to wear a Spanx, so it's not like you're wearing two layers in 200% right. humidity and dying. It's horrible down here. It's awful. I can just imagine. It's like, it's miserable here. It felt like it was a thousand degrees outside. Yeah. <laughs> I lived in central Texas for about three and a half years or so. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I totally get your humidity, and I grew up in New York, so yeah, humidity. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. My hair doesn't quite know what to do in this weather. It's like, do we frizz? Mm -hmm. Do we curl? What's what's going on? So we ponytail. Ponytail, ponytail, or just a bun up on the top. Absolutely. Well, I that one. Uh, this was a really fast hour. Like that was I just looked up and we're we're at past eleven. So mm -hmm. we are at the end of our time here. But um thank you so much, Stacey, for coming on and, and talking books and literacy. We had a great time with you. Thank you so much for having me. I really loved it. <laughs> we will have you on again for sure. 
Oh, please do. Thank you. And next week we are having Greer on the show to talk yeah. about Girl in Disguise and our list of questions. And I know Greer has been watching every week, so <laughs> um, prepare well, yourself. We have our fantasy cast. <laughs> yes, it's I'm like very. I'm curious to know who she is cast. Yes, and maybe we might have influenced her on this too. <laughs> <laughs> So um, it's yeah same time next week and um, I think that's it. Yeah. Well, thank y'all so much. I that really enjoyed it. it. Thank, thank you. Have a good night, everyone. All right. Good night. Bye.